Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Bradley, and he's in his stew, 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 studio. It's Stu. How are you doing, Stu? Pretty good. Always welcome a, a 1980s Phil Collins reference. Oh, good stuff. <laughs> And that one, that, that that was just completely off the top of the head. That one, there was no prep into that one whatsoever. Um, yeah. As you well know, because that's based on a conversation we had about three minutes ago. Precisely. Yeah, I'm quite impressed with your on-the-spotness there. Well, I've been discovering, uh, we'll talk about this side of it all sort of on another podcast, but there's more time, which, which will make sense in a bit. Uh, but I've been looking at what some of the so-called superpowers are of ADHD, being able to pick up random references to things and being able to get them into conversation apparently is one of them. Ah, right, nice. Yeah, see, you're just you're a genius. I always knew it. Yes, I discovered TikTok this week or last week. Last week. Yeah. Anyway, I discovered TikTok, um, which I need to do for something, uh, which I won't go into detail with yet uh but yeah i discovered tiktok and i found out there's a lot of adhd content on tiktok and a lot of it spent me going yeah yeah okay that explains that no that's not me is it no is that me uh oh okay so yeah pretty much (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think i sent you some links ages ago uh to tiktok it just seems to have taken over a lot of tiktok which is great it's Great in that TikTok's moved on from what I originally thought it was, which I thought was 10-second silly dance clips of people being overly creative and going, oh, I can't do that. Yeah, it is good. It's got a bit more variety than, you know, I think all that stuff's still there, but thankfully I never see it. And it's a lot more wholesome than Twitter. Generally, yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying, like, there isn't some horrible crap on there. There probably is, but it, you could easily avoid it compared to Twitter. You don't doom scroll. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, do you know what else doesn't involve Doom Scroll or Doom? But it does involve Doom. But we're not playing Doom. This is the worst segue yet. Video games. Hey. Yeah. I've been playing a lot. You've not been playing a lot. So who should go first? Well, I'll go first. I have been playing a lot, but I have not been playing a lot new. So it's all yeah. stuff that's in my backlog that I've been enjoying. So I'll I'll segue it into a straight into the Steam Deck thing because that's where most of my gaming's been. So I've been playing Days Gone, which is really good, scales really well to the deck, particularly because it was a PS4 game originally. And, you know, basically the the deck is a slightly tarted up PS4, which (laughs) in terms of power. So fantastic experience in handheld, really good, works really well. I've not really tried out a a first-person shooter on it yet. That's a big test. But I've also, you know, third person works really well. Driving works really well. I've been sticking to the outside car view and I've been playing Dirt 2 and doing a lot better in that than I was when I was using my full racing wheel. But it's such a hard game. I don't want to go into it too much because, like, Dirt has had plenty of coverage on here. But it's it's such a difficult game. Like, I've put the... Well, like, with no shame, put, like, the AI down to, like, very easy. And they still yeah. ca- they still absolutely cane me. Because, like, you only have to make one mistake on the entire route. And you're down to fifth position. And then one more mistake and you're down to 27th. And the routes can be, like, te- literally 10 minutes long. And doing a perfect run on them, for me, feels totally impossible. So I really enjoy the game, but it is too hard. That's my, that's my take. Um... And other than, like, playing Vampire Survivors, like, constantly and, like, seeing it pop up, like, Brad is playing Vampire Survivors. And he's just like, yeah, I've got all this expensive equipment and all we ever do is play something you could literally stick on a calculator. But it's so, oh, it's just, it just draws you in. It's unbelievable. This costs you, what, 600 quid to play a, what, a £2 game? It's it's just bananas. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so good, you know, if you don't want us to play it, it shouldn't be so damn good. Anyway, um, it's coming to Game Pass. I didn't know that. That's really cool. Um, yeah. So happy for the, the person who made it. Really happy for them because I hopefully they get a nice big check out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Must be, must be. Um, yeah. Other than that, on the Steam Deck, the only thing I just two very quick criticisms of it, and these will not come as any. Well, one might come as a surprise. One is 
the one that might come as a surprise is that um, I do after a while the thumbstick is a bit the left thumbstick is a bit of an issue for me because immediately like when I first started playing I was like oh yeah no this is perfect for any size hand but after time I've realized that because I've got like small hands and a small thumb my resting position isn't like you know on a regular like 360 pad it's only like a few degrees off center but yeah on the deck it's already quite far over so when I push right my thumb is going very far over because I haven't got right. long thumbs. Um, so, yeah, it's not a big issue, but it, it means it's not, like, the perfect level of comfort. You know what I mean? But as I said before, no control wherever it is. You know, it's all personal. Unless they yeah. invent something where you can have a, a physical slider where you can move the controller, which is entirely doable. It would just add a lot of expense. Anyway. I like, um, but not on something like a Steam Deck where it's so precision made. I think it becomes impossible to do. Well, not impossible, no. but you'd have to charge ridiculous money. It would be the money. Yeah, it would be the money. Definitely. Um, and the other one is the one that everyone's complained about or a lot of people, and that's the fan wine. Because I play a lot of games that really push the console, and it, it that wine, that high-pitched wine that comes from that fan... Oh, blimey, it's really bad. And um, You only ever play indie games, so you've probably never heard it. But, okay, what? <laughs> yeah. But no, for me, it's just a constant now. And uh, yeah, it's it's really quite irritating. But, you know, never mind. Get fixed it. it. Even then, I can, you know, I know that it's it's going to be pissing off my wife next to me, so it's not ideal. But, but yeah. She's used so. to your wine, so, you know, <laughs> oh. what's, what's the difference? Harsh, harsh, but, but um, fair, but fair. Yeah, uh, yeah. But anyway, that was not even the stuff. I mean, that's the stuff I've been playing. But the new thing I've been playing is an old game from four years ago, ago called Gravel, which is a, an arcadey style racer, and I'm really enjoying it. It doesn't work brilliantly. I know. On, so I just so. want to point out. Like, I know. I know we've got like Brad has his quirks and everything, but on your gravestone. Or, or whatever it's going to be, it's going to be this new thing I've been playing is actually old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the cheapness. <laughs> it's the yeah. cheapness kicking in. That's what that is. It's just like, oh, I'm only semi interested in this, but it costs two quid, so I'm getting it. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's basically Which it. is fine. That's, that's, I that's wish I could game like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I have the odd slip that I castigate myself for, like buying Horizon Forbidden West full price, but it's like, but I had to have it. But apart from yeah. that, everything I buy is like, you know, ooh, a fiver, I'm having that. But no, I'd had no inkling of, of gravel at all. I'd not heard of it, not been on my radar whatsoever, uh, which was a shame because it's really good. And I'd describe it as a cross between sort of Dirt 3 um which is kind of a bit of a negative because Dirt 3 was a bit of a pain in the backside, uh, which we'll come to in a second, uh, and in a much more complementary mode, a Motorstorm. So it has circuits and point-to-point, um, which, you know, Motorstorm kind of didn't. It was more open area. Yeah. But it has that kind of, like, melee feel, lots of jumps, kind of lots of, yeah, kind of, like, tricksy, oh, you can take this route... Uh, to get a slight advantage on your opponent rather than being strict tracks. Uh, and all of that re- works really, really well. And the handling's really good fun because it's not too difficult. It's quite quite simple, but with enough nuance to make it uh, a bit of a challenge. And um, yeah, I mean, from the Dirt 3 side, it's just really that it has lots of cross-discipline stuff. So you're sometimes driving these big trucks and I'm not as into that. And it has... A lot of the dude bro kind of, you know, yeah, Red Bull sponsored style kind of flash that is annoying. Yeah, uh, and well, lots that's of that culture anyway. Yeah, so. it is, it is. But I mean, it's as it's not a sponsor, it's just kind of they're imitating Dirt Three and yeah. the Dirt series, and it's kind of like, yeah, you could have left that out, and I would have been happy. But anyway, that's only a minor criticism because generally it's a really good fun arcadey game it's not too difficult easy to get into good handling doesn't do anything particularly new but does what it does in a really solid and and fun way and yeah it's dirt cheap on on the pc at least so yeah check it out surely it's gravel cheap well yeah (laughs) it's dirt cheap yeah 
Oh, that reminds me uh, because because we've been talking about rally games. I can insert my rally bumper right here. Three right. It's a one left on course, one thirty. No left away. Oh, you've not been able to use that for a while, have you? No, it's been ages. So please put that back in. Well, if you want, if you want to, if, we, if we're going to do it, we're going to keep some of the rallying stuff in there, just briefly. Check out Rush Rally Origins, by the way. Really good game. And it's on Steam now. Oh, nice. I'll have a look. It's like a isometric top-down rally game, but it plays really, really well. Excellent. Um, but yeah, just on the Steam Deck, briefly, a couple of bits you pointed out. The ergonomics for me... Um, okay, this is where the preference thing comes into it. It's perfect. Um, it took me a, about a few days to get used to it, everything being top-heavy in terms of, like, everything, like the D-pad, the, uh, both the analogue sticks and the buttons are all uh, horizontal, and then you've got the pads below them. And I thought, oh, this is going to be really weird. But it actually makes it so much easier to hold. You're not, yeah. like, you, you, if that, you put the analogue stick further down and the buttons up and it was done like more vertically i think you'd be struggling with the weight of it and the size of it but by doing that you're holding it at the top and it's just you don't you forget you're playing a handheld in a way and i think they've done really well with that it is just a shame that they can't do it that it can benefit someone like yourself who's got slightly smaller hands and struggles with that extra reach but I suppose what they've had to do is look at what's the demographic and what's going to be the best option. But it's the yeah. same with, I think they need to, can they produce an option that has, I don't know, you know, pay a bit extra or something, but you get one that's got less travel or something that allows you to use it in a way. Um, I don't know what that is, but it's the same with when we talk about accessibility. It's not only on the software side. Um, yeah. It's an accessibility issue for for yourself, but you can deal with it. But you might have someone else with limited hand range, hand, hand movement, who needs something there. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say... Obviously, you can use any external controller on it because it's essentially a PC, but that removes the handheld fall from it. But as I, yes, there's workarounds, but I think what they need to do is listen to feedback. And you're not the first person to say about this, the the, the small the smaller hand thing. Listen to that feedback, and the next iteration, they have to take that on. That is very important for the future development of the Steam Deck. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's 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 barely an issue even really it's just worth noting because so few people have got one i mean it'd be if i started telling people what it was like for for my hands with a switch that'd be pointless because everybody's got one of the buggers but it's yeah when it's so new it's worth getting all that feedback out there like you say and it's barely an issue for me but anyone with even slightly smaller hands or if a, a demographic uh that generally has um smaller hands you know like a assigned child yes like a child or or people who are assigned female at birth you know they're gonna they may have smaller thumbs and it might be an issue one thing they could do uh that is not perfect but it would be a little workaround would be to have easily removable thumbsticks that pop out and that you could put a smaller one in now that would reduce travel but you could change the dead zone so that it accounted for that um yeah then your thumb would be lower and therefore, it wouldn't have to, it wouldn't be as much of a strain because it's also pushed forward towards your face, uh, yeah, because they're large. Which I'm again not a criticism. It's just it's a fact of life, you know. It's so that they can have full travel and feel like proper sticks, not like you know the Vitas or the PSPs or whatever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, just a, a cheap solution, not a solution, but a cheap workaround. Be pop out and pop inable uh, little sticks that you could cater to you know like you know you get them ones the for ear controller well i wasn't going to say that i was going to say earbuds so you know you can get different like if you buy a pair of uh earbuds you get oh, like different silicon kind of covers that you can put on depending on the size of your ears yeah i was going to say there's your issue if you're putting analog sticks in your ears there, there's your issue that's why i've been doing wrong all this time <laughs> yeah and why games sound so quiet at the same time yeah yeah um and my <laughs> controls rubbish with them <laughs> But no, to go back to what you're saying about all the things being in a in a horizontal line, yeah, that's really good because because they're not asymmetrical. 
it's it's great for not knocking the view because one of the big problems with with when you're playing handheld games is if you get excited and like you you push down on something and it's got like an asymmetric pad then you you can be pushing the pad out of the way so you tend not to like throw the sticks around as much as you would when it was a separate controller which means you're not playing it as well as you might but you don't really have that with the deck because as you say they're all in one line so they the pressure's all at one point so yeah that's really good I love the fact that Steve are taking us back to like the the base controller essentially (laughs) basically yeah which got practically everything wrong bar the d-pad ironically yeah yeah um it's really, really, I don't think it would work in a controller format, but it definitely works for a handheld. Um, it, it, what I like is they've gone, look, we're not trying to put a screen inside a controller like I think even the Switch tries to do and obviously Sony tried to do with the Vita and the PSP. Um, they've, they've probably taken a more Nintendo approach to it, which is we want to create a unique experience in terms of how you use this thing. Um and they've gone, right, and we to build this from the ground up. And it's just worked. And again, it's a first iteration of this. It's not going to be perfect. But I'll tell you what, it's closer to the perfection line than many other handhelds that have come before it. Yes, I'd say it's the most comfortable handheld I've ever used. Yeah. Yeah, yeah superb. Right, I suppose I should talk about some games. Because I've should. got some to get out of the way. <laughs> um, I've got three today. Yeah. I've got 11 in total. Yeah. And what you have to do at some point, I want some sort of a special off of you where you're doing a, a gaming filibuster where you just go through all of them. You're not going to sit down. You're not going to go to the toilet. You're not going to do anything but talk about a big bunch of games until you're done. And the audience just has to sit and listen to it. I mean, that's not fair. You can't make me, of all people, just talk constantly without breaks so it's out not of as if I could do that I know so out of character yeah. that's so harsh not in oh, your comfort yeah. zone at all but I'll tell you what challenge accepted I, I will do that uh, so I'll tell you what I'll do I'll tell you what I'll do very very quickly I will tell you what the games are I will do this for and then I will get this released at some point next week go on then so we've got Cantana I'm not even going to tell you what these games are, by the way. Just Well, I'm going to tell you what the games are. I'm not going to tell you what they mean or what they're about. Well, that's Even clearly... A, that that one, sorry. That one is clearly an Eric Cantona simulator. Right, carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Evil Dead. Out There Oceans Edition. Uh, Source of... No, I'm doing Source of Madness already, sorry. Forgive Me Father. Escape Simulator. Floppy Night. Ultra Age. And there's one more I haven't got written down on my list that I can't remember what it is. And there's that as well. Nice. All in one. At next week. Excellent. Floppy Night, clearly some sort of Viagra product boosting uh, game. Yeah. Yes, it is. Exactly. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my medication list. <laughs> oh. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, first up from me this week, as I bring up my notes, because I've got to make sure I've got the right, is Crowds and Pawns, um, which is... When I first heard it, I thought, oh, it's some kind of chess game. Yes, please. It's not a chess game. It's a uh, point-and-click adventure, very much in the mould of Broken Sword. Ah. Um, and, yeah. Wow. I, I, I really... I don't know if it's my age or, or anything like that, or just that point-and-click adventures are just improved. Um, come at me, point-and-click lovers. I don't care what you say. They've improved over the years. But yeah, I'm really, really enjoying this. And again, with this sort of thing, I'm not going to tell you about the story because to do so ruins what the game is. Um, yeah. But basically, it's uh, Uzi's charm. It's like the storytelling on it, the the way it's acted and, and, and things like that is so, so good. It's set in uh, modern day Europe, and the, 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 the premise behind it, and it's like how they put it in the thing, is um, you've got to uncover the secrets of the king who was never crowned. So it's it's proper, let's say, like Jewel of the Nile-esque in terms of its ridiculous setup um, and sort of uh, the lore behind it. Uh, but it plays really well. The characters are all lovely. Um, 
uh, for me, I, I, I sat down and played it with trepidation, as I always do with a lot of point and click, and I just got on with it really, really well. Um, I kind of played it on and off between other gaming sessions over over the course of a week or so. And I didn't realise how much of the game I got through and how much time I got through it. Um, what it's got about it, it's... Um, do you know, sort of like Sam and Max and um, like Monkey Island and Eve Brooks have their own real art styles and they, that they look quite unique. Yeah, this has it as well. It's very much painting, but not like it doesn't feel like a flat painting in a way. It's very hard to describe. It almost looks like some kind of like they've taken oil painted influence, but created something that's like more modern with it. It's but it's yeah, it's just got that artistic feel to it but it's very unique and it stands out and it made me sort of like really enjoy sort of like clicking through trying to discover what was there um credit to the developers it's fully voiced throughout so that was really helpful for me uh because i have I've had some eye issues and there were some elements where i was struggling but it is fully voiced so that that helped lots and yeah um you know, it's just fun. The puzzles are really good. I really enjoyed the puzzles in it. And again, it's very hard to describe, to talk about these things without going, look, this is a puzzle I really enjoy because it's all central to how you enjoy the game. So I don't want to ruin that. Um, it's dialogue choices seem to matter. Uh, whether they do or not, I don't care. They seem to, which is important uh, because it does the smoke and mirrors thing really well. Um, I played it on the deck, um, and I used a lot of touchscreen for this one. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah that works well. Um, yeah, re really good. I was able to flick between touchscreen for some bits, and uh, like uh, the buttons for mouse control, etc., for other bits. Uh, but, yeah, it just worked really, really, really well, and I just, yeah, can't recommend this one enough. Um, cool. Get yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like we're actually doing review reviews, but yeah, get it. I mean, it comes from um, the, like the developers are called Tag of Joy, um, and it's also published by Thunderful Publi Publishing, who do the likes of Lonely Mountains Downhill. Um, so they they've got a good solid thing. But um, the last one these people did, uh, the developers Tag of Joy. Oh, there's actually it's not a one they've done before. It's a city builder. Uh, that's got uh, no release date yet that looks really nice called Kid of the Dwarves. They seem to be like a chess theme with their naming. Uh, but it's an underground city builder from the same people they've got coming out. So, yeah, interesting. It seems like a debut title for them. And, yeah, I think they've nailed it. Nice, yeah. It, yeah, Check my Nice looks kind of like The Sims graphically but with like you say like a, a kind of painterly wash over the top it's really very pleasant very attractive appealing yeah. kind of look I uh, don't normally play those sorts of games but if I can if I see that one cheap I might give it a go because it would be a nice thing to try out on the deck in terms of you know like you say point and click stuff oh yeah definitely and I, I mean I don't I, I mean I think I've got a turn I've got to stop sailing around and saying I don't really like point and clicks because I've been saying that a lot over the past year or so and then playing a lot of point and clicks that I like. Yeah, um, I was going to say you <laughs> enjoyed all of them. For someone, yeah. Doesn't, yeah, for someone who doesn't like them, you're really liking them. <laughs> so, but yeah, I no, really, really enjoy that one. Uh, so yeah, if you get a chance, check it out. Very nice. So next up, complete change of pace this one. Um, but also... I mean, this could always be like a wholesome direct, these first two. Uh, <laughs> I've been playing The Gunk, uh, which, again, I went to in, went uh, went into fairly unknown as to what it was. I'd heard about it. Um, again, from Thunderful. Uh, this video, obviously, is not sponsored. It's just it's just ironic that it's I've got two Thunderful publishing games. Um, and it's also from um, developed by Image and Form Games, who you may well know for the uh, the Steam World games, uh, Steam World Dig, Steam World Quest, etc., etc. Um, and the Gunk seems to be their first foray away from the Steam World aesthetic and, and play styles. Um, so I don't know what I was expecting, but what I've actually got here is this 
exploration action adventure game where you've got two characters who um who I think are in a relationship together. Might not be. They've done that. Do you remember I mentioned last week or the week before about Bug Snacks? Yeah. Where I said it handles a representation of same-sex marriages, etc. so, so well. Because it's not a big deal. It's the same here. There's these two characters. You play as a character called Rani. And they have discussions where it sounds like they are in a relationship, but it's not like, oh, look at us, we're lesbians or anything like that. They're talking about like their bills and how they are going to make their rents and, and stuff like that. They could be flatmates in this world, but it's but it's not like made obvious. And again, just at the little point, it's nothing, but it kind of sort of like triggered me to remember it. It's like, that's really good. That's how I want to see if these are a same sex couple. This is how I want to see it right, written. It just so happens they are. It has no bearing on the story, it has no bearing on anything. Um, so brilliant yeah. they are absolutely brilliant um, I, mm. but yeah sorry I have thoughts I have thoughts because okay I think it's it's a complex one because when it comes to representation it's it it's it just needs to be in there that's the sort of baseline you, you know yeah. you can't be representative if you're not representing people so that it absolutely you have to include all forms of uh you know people and society to make it a proper balance and I don't know where I stand on how much it should be called out I think to a degree you have to because if you don't then it's if it's not recognised then people can make a choice to say oh no they are just flatmates like it becomes their decision and I'm not sure that that should always and I'm not saying it should always be the case that it's like oh it's a big deal you know we make a big deal of it but I similarly don't think that it, I could just say oh I don't care as long as it's in there it's never you know I think it has to be flagged up in some games is what I'm saying yeah so when I said rent I actually mean mortgage as well by the way uh, which kind of hints more towards it but you're not the okay. only one you're not the only one to say that um, I, I think I read in a couple of feeds a couple of people going it needs for now, to maybe be a bit more obvious, if you if you're writing a a queer game, then celebrate it as well. So I, I get what they're trying to do, and I'm pretty pleased that we've got to this point where we haven't got to make it stand out, uh, where it shouldn't yeah. be a big deal. And I was unsure of myself whether I wanted to actually mention it. I just thought it was, it was worth mentioning. On that, by the way, before we say anything else, um, huge congratulations i suppose respect whatever to a 17 year old footballer plays for blackpool jake daniels who is just starting his career is as a professional footballer made his first team debut and he's come out as um, gay at 17 and he is the and the reason it's so important he's the first professional footballer in this country at least to do so since 1990 and the unfortunate Justin Fashionu, who was abused so badly, ended up taking his own life. Um, so this is such a brave step and hopefully, hopefully a watershed moment in terms of everyone in the public eye being able to just be themselves no matter what they're doing. Yeah, great call out. That's absolutely fantastic. I did see that uh, when you posted it. And yeah, it's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant news. You just want it to be like... Get go so far down that road of like people coming out that to the point where you don't even need to do it anymore because it's yeah. just so commonplace and accepted that it doesn't become a, a deal. So I, I see how yeah. that yeah I, I definitely see how you yeah. feel about that in gaming as well. Yeah, yeah, it's me. I don't care what you are, who you are, how you are. What you know, you're not hurting any. The only time I care is if you're hurting someone. If someone came out and went, "I'm a proud paedophile," we're like, "No, mate, that 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 that, that no." Just let's just draw a line there, okay? <laughs> That's not the title of the podcast, by the way. <laughs> um, but anything else, any kind of sexuality, do you know what? It doesn't matter. But at the same time, this is the world created that it does matter, and these steps have to be taken. I'm hoping that it's not going to be this year. It's not going to be next year. Probably not even in my lifetime. But I'm hoping down the line that. Honestly, it does not matter. It, and these are the steps we're taking now. Yeah. And it's good. 
It is. I think games in general still re- still having real problems reckoning with grown up material, like grown up behaviour, being an adult yeah. and making turning that into entertainment. So you know, like I was watching a clip of uh, Crown and Porn, there was somebody smoking a cigarette, and it's like, how often do you see that in games? Almost never. Ooh. You occasionally see, yeah, you occasionally see. Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah, you occasionally see like a character have a victory cigar, but that's a very macho testosterone kind of thing that seems to be accepted but somebody smoking a cigarette in entertainment you almost never see anymore but it's a common adult thing it should be represented you can't just go oh i'm afraid it will it will inspire people to smoke it's like no what you got to do is represent reality you know in yeah. some games you have to have that reality represented and there's there's very little of that there's very little mature exploration of sex and sex, uh, you know completely separate from sexuality sex um, yes. yeah and there's and you know okay a game where, that was all about you know your mortgage and your love life and all of that <laughs> might not be the most exciting kind of game but working out how to have those things represented in in at least a larger part of the gaming world would be a good thing yes Oh, no, to- totally, totally agree. Um, just a quick one on when you talk about things that stand out and make you sort of like go, ooh, oh, okay, uh, that person's smoking. It's the same as, uh, do you know when you watch a, like, a TV show like now and you see people are sat apart and there's gaps between them? Have you done yeah. that, like watched one and then you've gone and caught a, a much, much older episode and they're all sat really closely together and that's made you feel uncomfortable? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean... Proximity and and uh, stuff has become a much bigger thing since COVID, but yeah, but yeah, no, I mean they don't do that in in uh, in films and TV much either. Yeah, no, but I was watching uh, I was watching Taskmaster, uh, like, like uh, you were one, and they've all got a big gap between um, obviously to be as COVID safe as they can, and then I watched like the first season, and they're all on top of each other. That's when oh yeah, I don't <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, there might be a whole generation now of people who, who just naturally always keep six feet apart you know it's uh, very strange the way society works it's going to be sex is going to be like that that um, scene from Naked Gun where they just wear just a giant condom over oh, the yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. that bit yeah that's that's uh, we got to be safe uh, but anyway excellent. the gunk Jesus Christ oh, oh, should go from the word sex to gunk anyway oh don't uh, but uh, yeah but anyway, the, the idea of this game is really, really good, by the way. Really enjoyed it. It's so relaxing. You've got these two people. They've got a mortgage together. Uh, they land on this planet because they, they, they mine the planets to try and find uh, valuable resources that they can sell. Anyway, they, they, look, they land on this planet and it looks like they found this, this, this mineable resource that could bring them the big bucks. Uh, but as they on this planet, they find out that the planet is covered in corruption, uh, which is like this black gooey stuff the gunk obviously um, and what they need to, what, what they do series of events blah 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 um, is they're trying to reverse the corruption um, you've got these tools that allow you to do it they're upgradable you go and explore you go further you go deeper you go wider um, and you you gradually bring this planet back to its beauty it's a beautiful looking planet by the way um, it's taking all the best bits of the, the the gorgeous planets that you get on no man's sky and condensing it down into this one this one area um and as you go you kind of uncover all these different secrets that are going on um and so there's no real combat as such which is good but it, it's not just an exploration game there's more to it than that uh you do kind of like you're battling in this 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 gunk so to speak and um trying to restore things um and what i really like about it is the the narrative within it um the discussions between the two uh characters feel natural um yeah in, in in that same way how do you know i mean i don't think quentin tarantino is the best director but he seems to get natural conversation into a film so well so there's yeah. a scene in the car where they're talking about the cheeseburger i know that's um like um 
like sort of like enhanced and stuff like that but it feels a more natural conversation that two people would have on the journey to somewhere just about nothing and it's it's better than oh we're gonna do some plot points at this this area yeah but this is what this is like it just feels natural it's not trying to drive a plot um and i found myself so interested in it that at times i was forgetting that i was playing a game and just i felt i was listening in to two people have a chat um and then but just doing the game as i went along anyway um and it's got oh, beautiful music by the way lovely music ambient music um and the atmosphere in the game is outstanding as well i just yeah just really enjoyed it I don't, i've not completed it or anything yeah i've just been taking my time with it just just pottering around um it's sort of open world but not which i like because it feels like it's open world but also it's like kind of easy me into a direction it wants me to go um and yeah just superb game um and totally unexpected from the creators of the steam world games yeah that's great yeah i i much prefer those fairly tightly focused open world experiences and like you'd think with death stranding that that would be the ultimate kind of like oh god it's massively open world it's you know, but actually, no, it's all about kind of shortening journeys and, and making the world as small as you possibly can, as quickly as you can, because it's all about traversal. And it's, yeah, because it's Kojima, it's this like meta commentary on making, you know, making things smaller because a big expanse is boring. So, yeah, I mean, having a, a tighter experience like that is really good. And th- I'd seen a trailer for this one and it wasn't really on my radar because. I don't know. I didn't get a good vibe from it, but I'm I'm getting reinterested now that you're the way that you're talking about it. So I might have to check it out a bit closer. Yeah, I wasn't originally interested because I think I've had my feel of Steam World uh, dig and stuff like that and all those. I'm kind of not bored of them, but I'm like, oh, I've had I've had it for a bit. You know, if they can't bring out something in a yeah. few years, I'll, I'll go. But Steam World games have had enough, and when I found out, oh, they brought out another one. Part of me thought, oh. And I don't know why. I also thought, do you remember the XBLA game, The More? Yes. Which was okay. It was an okay game. I enjoyed it. I think I played it and completed it even. One of those, it was short enough, I completed. But part of me had that in my head as well and went, oh, I don't know if I enjoyed that enough. And I don't know why. I don't know why I just assumed this was something to do with The More. (laughs) Nothing to do with The More. How weird. Um, also, tell me another podcast where you get from talking about footballers coming out to Hideo Kojima and old XBLA game, The More. I know, yeah, yeah, you see, because we're intelligent and widely experienced individuals. Yes, yes, that's it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, really good. Uh, it's, it's out on X, I think it's out on Game Pass on Xbox for sure. I don't know what other systems, but I played it on Steam. So it got a release at the end of April. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what other systems it's out on. So you can check it out somewhere if it's not there, but it's on Steam and it runs perfectly on Steam Deck. Oh, is well, that what we're going to do after every game? Now, yeah, we're going to have to. It's good on Steam Deck. <laughs> right, really, we, we got to. We, we got to. Yeah. With great power and all that. Precisely. Uh, but before I get to my last one, do you have any? No. You want to no, touch no. on? No? Nope. Okay. So... Oh my god, I didn't realise this. <laughs> okay, honestly, for publishers fund the full publishing, did not realise that at all. I've got to keep my notes a bit more. Um, is a game called Source of Madness. Oh wow! Uh, which is a right. This is a game that had me at Lovecraftian roguelite. So stay with me, Stu. Okay, stay with me. Um, no, Lovecraftian. I'm off. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> Lovecraft, you have me. The the designs of Lovecraft are amazing, and uh, Geiger as well. Um, you give me those, and I'm like, oh my god, I wish I could have a room decorated in this stuff. I'm there um, with you. Yep. Yes, but yeah, basically, what you've got is this uh, this side scrolling roguelite that has some semblance of souls born to it but not actually and very hard to sort of like like work it out but anyway you you become this like this um acolyte um uh, you're going on this journey uh, you know it's a roguelite so you go through it a little bit and you die you're resurrected and there's a bit of story beat behind that 
and then you get a bit further more happens um but you sort of like yeah you definitely like you go through you get better and better and better it's got all those trappings but what i really like about this game is it feels like in a way a slower and more purposeful darker dead cells it looked to me um, in terms of the way the animation works, um, the way it plays, the way you progress. Um, and I, I just enjoy it. It's not a fun game, but it is. Um, it's it's a testing game, but it's good at what it does. It's, it's designed to be a testing game. Yeah. Um, and it, it works. It's got that element of keeping it fun still while being tested um and yeah i say I, I found myself again struggling to get through it early as you do with a lot of these games um and the procedural generation it, it's weird it doesn't feel like it's procedurally generated even though it is it does feel familiar as you go through again which again i think some really that shows really good procedural design that if it can still feel familiar despite it being different every time that you've done well yeah i think that that's really good it just changes things up enough yeah um so, yeah no i i agree yeah. i agree totally with that i i there's definitely a place for procedural generation but and you know often that's in the bin but because <laughs> a well-designed level is just beauty you know it's God, just yeah. fantastic but there is a place for it i think like you say a, a good way to do it is to keep like several really good elements always in there and just tweak around certain less important ones perhaps like enemies yes. and enemy placement and some of the platforms and you know just little bits and pieces rather than go every single time we're going to take like these same eight tiles and just randomly scatter them in in place yeah, totally. And I think what it does really, really well, and this is why I think it helps like me as well as an ADHD sufferer, I haven't got to sort of like precisely remember layouts uh, because yeah. you play something like Super Meat Boy and it works because they're such short levels, but I love Super Meat Boy. But to get the best out of that game, you've got to try and ever, try and ever, remember what you're doing in that level to remember the exact points to get through. Now, that's fine in short levels like Super Meat Boy, but other games design it around, oh, you've just got to remember your entire way through this level and, and things like that. I can't do that. But if you say to me, yeah. look, here's the idea of how to get through the level, but it's going to change up all the time, so you haven't got to remember, that allows me to actually focus on it more than if it's completely the same every single time. So again, I'm not. I, I love well-designed levels; they work. But I think not when it comes to having to those levels be pinpoint recall to get through them. That's when it becomes frustrating for me. Um, and I think this gets the balance done really, as, as Dead Cells does. I think Dead Cells, Hades, um, Binding of Isaac, and this now, I think are all wonderful examples of how you can do procedurally generated perfectly. Um, or how to use it to get really good game design. Um, you know, I could probably list off loads that do it poorly. I think like Neon Abyss, as much as I like Neon Abyss, I think that does it quite poorly. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, equivalent of um, good solid design is, um, I suppose, Super Meat Boy Forever, which is longer levels. Uh, that just lost me. I was like, that, that's their custom designed levels. But again, it's going, you've got to remember, you've got to remember this. I'm like, I can't, I can't, I bounced off it. Yeah, uh, but anyway, yeah. with this, what you, what you've got in it as well, it's got a good mix of close range combat, which is good, um, ranged combat using like magic and things like that. Um, you get various different upgrades, um, lots of loot to pick up, and then skill trees to sort out. But it's all done in a really decent way that it doesn't overwhelm you too much it can overwhelm you especially the skill tree uh, but that's a personal thing i just can't get my head around skill trees uh um, i'm not a big I, fan I, of them generally i have to say no no i just can't i look at it and just go uh, uh, it's, what i do is gonna be wrong yeah do I, I go mm. 
give you an idea of how much I'm going to have to spend throughout the game. So do I focus it in one or do I spread it out? Just give me an idea of what I should do. Not just here's a skill tree and I'm like, oh my Jesus. Yep. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm exactly the same. I get analysis paralysis. I'm like, I I don't know, you know, I don't know what it's going to do. Yeah. I, I like games that, if they have to have those in, and some games do, I like the ones that allow you to reverse it if you change your mind and Empire just take a different path. Just refund the lot. Exactly. And start again. Superb. Do that. Every game should do that. Yeah. Um, or also, give me the option, right? If you, you've got it in there, so you've built your game around a skill tree. You know what's best. Okay, on the whole. Right, so depending on yeah. what builds you want, right? So have it that people don't need to have this, but have an accessibility option. This is accessibility again, where you can turn it on and just go. Do you know what game? You decide for me. I want to be strong, so you do that. Yeah. Or I want to be. I want to get lots of loot. You do that skill tree. All those sort of. Let me choose a path. You do it for me. Yeah. And if I do, and they, I might look at that and go, oh, okay, that's how that works. Okay, yeah. now I can tinker. Give, give the option because you, you, you've built your game so you know what it can do. You know what it can do. Uh, and just do that. Just, just allow me to do that. Allow you to do that for me so I can play your game and not get, as you said, analysis paralysis. Yeah. There's the title of the podcast. Yeah, I reckon it is. Um, yeah, no, I agree completely. I think that, you know, it's one of it's one of those things of development uh, in terms of gaming as a whole where they've gone, oh, you know, games were very simple. You didn't have much choice. You didn't have much autonomy. And therefore, now we've got the power. We'll give you more autonomy. And then it's like, aha, but don't tip it too far because games are about fun. And you, you should make sure that it's not a challenging exercise of oh my God, what do I have to do in terms of administration to make it work for me? Uh, and some people love that. So put that in and then like you say, have a few pre-built character classes that you can just go bing and it just picks the right stuff for, for that and you're off. Yeah. And again, I will maintain, if you ever want an example of why simplicity is always the best, still the greatest platformer games of all time are the original Marios. Super Mario yep. World especially. They've not been bettered because there's no upgrade path. It's just you and the levels. Ironically, you know, custom-built levels that are designed to within into their life. But again, but you don't. But again, it's brilliant because you don't need to learn pinpoint accuracy on all parts of those levels. It yeah. allows you that moment of, oh, I messed up, but I can recover it. Yeah. So again, it's that. That's all important. And I say with this, it's not just. Like the, the skill tree, you've got to learn what what magic you might want, what weapons you want to use, what abilities you want to bring in. Again, what class of character you want to use, what what spells there are, and that all comes into it. Um, and then does you? I'm looking at going right. Does my skill tree development base work? Depend on what I'm actually doing with my classes. Does it depend on what I'm doing with my spells? And do I bring that into there? What if I've gone too far that way? Do these spells become useless? And that that that's my thought process. All the while, the game itself is wonderful and I'm enjoying it, but it just gives me that moment of, oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not playing it right. And that's making me not enjoy it as much as I want to, despite this being such a good game that I really, really like. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's exactly right with probably a lot of people. It's definitely like that with me. Yeah. 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 And, and, and what I will say with this, because it's, um, if I recommend this, which I do, I, I fully recommend this as a game to play. I very rarely play a game that I don't think I will enjoy, so I'm never going to go to one, don't touch this game. Um, but it's with this one, it is, some people might look at it as a bit pricey. Um, I don't think it is. It's like 17 quid, which is about right, I think, for a lot of roguelikes. Yeah. But... I, it comes into that one where people have these things with puzzle games where if you charge more than a few quid, it's expensive. And I think a lot of people have got roguelikes at that £10 mark. Um, that really doesn't matter. It's good. It works really well. You'll definitely get that value out of it. Cool. Definitely going to check that one out. Right, that's it, games-wise, for me. Just want to touch on a couple of bits. Uh, accessibility bits I want to touch on, actually, we, we talked about already. Um, just want to touch on Activision. Um, 
uh, their latest China PR disaster uh, with their inclusivity tool or whatever it is that they've done. Have you heard about oh, this God. one? Yes, I saw that on uh, on James Stephanie Sterling's video. Oh, well, Steph done it. I haven't, I haven't watched Steph yet. I haven't watched uh, Steph Sterling yet. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll watch that because yeah. they'll probably... Uh, <laughs> Absolutely tears it into little pieces of tissue. Yeah, so I, I was I, I read about it and I, I saw it and I was like, why is it the more diverse someone is, the further out on the graph it is? That's, I was like, yeah, just why? That was their point. That it's like, oh, you're taking, yeah, white heterosexual male as the as the standard yeah. and the default, and then going out from that, it's ridiculous. Like you can't, but but I was like, how? So are you more black, or is it a different color? You know, is it is a Chinese? If you create a Chinese character, are they? Closer to the centre or further out? Because they're not as dark as someone else who's black, possibly. But they've got a different look. I do, how? What? You? No? Who thought this was a good idea? I know, right? Terrible. Absolutely. Every, every last bit of it is a stupid idea. Although part of me wants to know where I'd fit on that graph. <laughs> because I look like... If you used to look at me, I'm a, a cis white man. Obviously, I'm not. Um, you know, I'm a pansexual, non-binary me. Um, yep. You know, I think according to Activision, probably the only bit of me that would be in the centre is my colour. Um, so my ethnicity is dead centre, according to Activision. But I don't know where I'd be, because I'm not... What do they consider far out on their scale of um, sexuality? Is it is is gay all the way out? And what have they done gender wise? But surely someone went. Look, we've had a few PR disasters, Mister Kotick and anyone else in the CEOs who are still here somehow. <laughs> like we've had a few PR disasters. Maybe, maybe let's not do this one. It's not going to go down very well. I know. Right? Keep it. Use it internally if you have to. Don't. But if you have to, use it internally. Don't shout out about it like it's the, you know, you've solved discrimination. Oh, blimey days. So, so It sounds like they're trying to take, absolutely take their company's value. So Microsoft can end up coming in and going, ah, give you a fiver for it. Yeah. Oh, it's so oh, it's crazy. Yeah, I, they just seem to make one mistake after another, and it's because they don't want to change and they don't know how, because they're all so awful. You know, it's like it's it's literally the ideas of people who have no clue, and you're seeing them. You know, it's just seeing them there right in front of you. And it's like get some yeah. external people in to actually solve the problem. Yeah, one hundred percent, and it's yeah. Get a consultancy in because I dare say if you've got a consultancy in, they're gonna look at that and go, "No, don't do Ex- that." Exactly, exactly. If you really want, if you, you know, if you really want out the company, just just leave. No, you just I, I, I don't know. know what you're doing. Just leave because that's what it. That's all I can think now. Right? It's Kotick and the others. They just want out of the company. That's the only thing I can think as to why they're doing this. And they're looking for someone to see how far they can push it before they're booted out. Yeah, the alternative is they don't know what they're doing. And you just can't no. imagine anyone not knowing what they're doing on such a grand scale. Uh, but I found out about talking to like TikTok earlier, just to bring it back round to a conclusion. Um, I discovered something about doom piles and doom boxes um, and what those are. Boy, I didn't realise I did that. Uh, do you know what a doom box is? And no, it doesn't have doom guy in it. Yeah, no, I saw this the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's stuff that's just chucked in, apparently with a plan in mind, but actually it's just everything bunged in there. That's right, isn't it? Yep, pretty much. So there's, there's two two versions of it. There's the Doom Box and Doom Piles. Um, and the, the Doom Pile will come on first, because, again, this was a TikTok thing. I watched it and just looked at my, de- my, uh, my uh, coffee table next to me uh, and went... Yeah, that's on there. That they've got that. I've got that, <laughs> uh, which is a cup that may or may not be from that day. 
okay. <laughs> they tried that door keys. I went, oh yeah, there's my door keys. That's there. Uh, a, a bag of crisps wrapper. Um, yeah, okay. Some and they like and other random knickknacks. I went, okay. So I've got my Pepsi bottle. Yeah, that's there. I've got my charging box that I'm not using, like my portable charger, I'm not using it at the moment, but it's there just in case. Um, I've got my blind stick, which I only need when I go out, but that's on my table just in case. I don't know why I need my blind stick in the flat, but it's there <laughs> just in case. Going, I've got a microfiber cloth. Yep, that's there just in case. It's like, okay, I've de- I pretty much matched a lot of what they've got. Okay, so I definitely do doom piles. Then I started looking around and going, oh my Jesus, <laughs> they're everywhere. But but it's not, you know, our, our flat isn't like filthy, but boy, is it cluttered. And then I saw something about the doom boxes. I read up a bit more about doom boxes. And so, yeah, you're right. It's a box where there's stuff in there, which to everyone else just looks like you just dumped crap in there. But to you, there's a plan, but not a plan you want to deal with. Uh, just sure. by my sofa, I've got um, like this this box in there, and in there I've got all my handhelds, bar the switch and the Steam Deck, because the switch is on the dock and the Steam Deck's always next to me. All my controllers, bunches of wires, some plugs, some more microfiber cloths. I don't know why I've got so many microfiber cloths, but just in case. <laughs> um, yeah, it's charging cables, batteries that I don't know if they are working batteries or dead batteries because i have to take them out the pack don't know why but they're all in there and it's just a total mess but i know what's in there and why it's in there and it's like oh god i'll do that so yeah really discovering more about your own adhd and stuff making sense and um, i was talking to my mum about it yesterday um, and she just went, yeah, she, like, she, she had inklings, but was unsure. She gave, like, I grew up in the 80s. No one had ADHD in the 80s. Um, and, like, when it did start coming about, it was just, like, I was odd. And, like, my teachers all described me as odd. And, you know, Brad is, a, like, um, a socially... Struggle socially with the other with the other children and, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. No sh**. No sh**. <laughs> I was told, like, my mum was told, like, the reason I was bullied was my fault. And stuff like that. So when a teacher tells you tells your parent that you being bullied is your fault and the way you are, you believe that, which is why I can cope. But it's tiring to cope. Yeah. And I, I've worked out because I've been so tired this last year. Uh, and I thought, oh, it must be COVID. That's why I'm so tired. No, it's because I now realise that there's a reason to everything and I'm not having to to mask or cover up myself anyway. Well, I mean, cover up myself. Well, you, know, don't, you don't want to see all of that. But, <laughs> um, why, you know, I'm not covering up who I am. And so it, someone said, like, they found out, like, in their late 30s, early 40s, that they was ADHD and autistic. And they said after that, for about three years, they just were tired constantly, physically tired, because their brain had just gone at last and relaxed. And I think that's what yeah. my brain's done. Yeah, I can rela- I've not even got my official diagnosis yet. So important to get that recognition, though, and you know, see other people with the same issues as yourself. And yeah, I, yeah. I, one of the people who 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 is on TikTok who deals with that really well is Katie Osaurus. You've probably seen some of yes. their stuff. Yeah, yeah, and they've got um, really good kind of strategies. They're not like coping strategies, but they're like, you know, you should do you and nobody should criticise you for them as long as it works because it's all part of your plan and then goes through their kind of, oh, this is how I do it kind of stuff and, you know, doing boxes and all sorts and kitchen equipment, just everything really. And it's just fascinating and she's she's great at explaining it. And uh, yeah, no, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, literally the last thing I want to say, and it's not me sort of like self-diagnosing on, on TikTok or anything like that, but I've suspected there's been some form of autism oh, uh, there with myself. And one of the ones that really done it, one of the reasons I've always told myself, no, I can't be, is because I can make eye contact with people. And this is where I think knowledge has got to be improved from the ground up, because I've always assumed not being able to look somebody in the eye is one of the major signs of autism. But apparently that's a bit of a myth because it's just one of the potential signs. Um, Someone on on TikTok was talking about sort of like they do this theme where they go uh, conversations with uh, neurotypical people. And it's um, 
they're doing like the back and forth and they go, oh, but you can look at me. We're having a conversation. And then they're turning around doing their explanation bit and going, uh, yeah, I can, but I feel like awkward about it. I said, I will make eye contact, but I don't like it because I know that's the social norm. Um, but it makes me feel awkward. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, because I can make eye contact, but if I'm making eye contact with someone, all I'm thinking about is I want to break this eye contact, but if I do, they're going to think I'm not listening to them. And if they think they're not, I'm not listening to them, they might not like them or they might think I'm being rude. I don't want to be rude. I just need to make sure I'm keeping eye contact. And I'm going, that's not normal, is it? No one else does that. Well, I think... Or neurotypical people don't do that. They don't sit there going, right, this is how I must maintain focus. Uh, well... I think, like you said, there's, the there's a lot of nuance. Um, some people yeah. don't like the intimacy of keeping eye contact all the time, even if even if they're so-called neurotypical. Um, yeah. And also, like you said, it, it, it's, it's strange the way that... I think now that there's much better representation and people are start, starting to understand ASD a bit more, that it's like, oh, right, well, we can categorise this now. We can put all of these things into a box and go, yeah, you're that, you know? And it's like, well... Yeah, I mean, there's a degree where that's good, and there's a degree where it's not. Because if you, as a you, know, you individually go, yeah, no, I'm I'm autistic, and one of the things that I have issues with is is X, Y, and Z. That's fine, but Y might be something that I struggle with. X might be something that you, Brad, struggle with. Yeah, and it's kind of like, yeah, people are people at the end of the day, and it's like what people should be trying what the takeaway should be from learning more about ASD and, and about neurodiversity is when people behave in a way that you're not expecting, just accept it. Just accept it. Yeah. And that's the takeaway. Not, oh, I'm going to start putting you in a box. Oh, yeah, you're you're ADHD. You know, no, that's not the takeaway. It should be just, yeah, be more much more accepting of the way people behave. I did see a good TikTok, similar to one you were talking about, where they went, um, oh, you know, oh, you should look make more eye contact when you're chatting because this person's looking away. So like, they stare at them, and then the person goes, oh, now you're staring at me. I don't want you to stare at me. And it's all about that thing yeah. of... Well, I, I want rules. Like nobody's told me what the rules are. I'm just expected to know. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, if you find that there are problems, don't just criticize. Say, uh, you know, say how you feel and see how how that goes. So yeah, bit of a ramble, but yeah, there needs to be more sort of understanding and acceptance rather than categorization. I think. Yeah, and I've, I've decided. What I want from people is. If I make you feel awkward, don't like to come out and go, oh my God, will you stop doing that? Just say to me, go like, Brad, I don't know if you've realised, but you're you're like twitching as I'm talking to you. Is that, am I making you uncomfortable in some way? So which I, not like, not like go, actually, yeah, you're a bit too close to me. I won't say you're too close to me, but I will react in a certain way to someone being too close to me and this is even before covid i'm not a touchy feely person which, yeah. is, which is actually really weird because i have i've got friends who are and they, they cuddle everyone and stuff like that and then i spend time going oh people have been doing cuddles maybe i should try and do the cuddle uh, but by the time i've got around going should i do the cuddle going, actually no it'll be a bit creepy now if i go and do the cuddle i don't know if i can cuddle well maybe i shouldn't cuddle i cuddle don't know should i cuddle and then, yeah, the time's all gone. But I've spent the entire time going, ah, like, like I must look like I'm in pools um, to other people. I mean, it's probably literally a second. But in my mind, obviously, that's slowed right down. It feels like it's been going for ages. Uh, but I would like, yeah, I, w- I would like people to be just a bit more open, just going, Brad, is everything okay? Is there anything you don't want to change about the situation? Because I, one thing I am going to be doing more of now is, like, when I meet people... It's just being, hi, I'm Bradley. I have ADHD and I'm autistic, so apologies if I am awkward in any way. I, again, I don't mean like first time, but that general, it's going to be something that comes out about me quickly. Not, you know, I'm not going to wait until a year down the line and hope people have picked up on it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to make it fairly well known about myself. So I will try at the first opportunity of going, I'm, if I don't look at you when we're talking, or I'm looking away, I'm not ignoring you. It's just yeah. I've got ADHD autism. Um, I just make it obvious. I think that as people can start accepting that, that's when life's going to get better for everyone. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> one of the things I always notice is 
there's a big difference between people who may be neurodiverse and have their, the the way of behaviour that is making them feel comfortable. And um, if you're neurotypical, you think that that's something that's not normal for yourself versus people who are acting strange and acting odd because there's often yeah. a lot more... Yeah, and I mean for themselves, you know, so th- there's a lot more sort of stress and stresses in their behaviour because they're trying to force themselves to be behave in a way that they that that doesn't come natural and so somebody seems fairly relaxed but they're they're louder than the rest of the people in the room or they're quieter than the rest of the people in the room or they're moving about more than another person in a room or a lot less or anything like that any extreme but they look comfortable i automatically go yep no 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 that's cool yeah it's only when people seem to be upset in themselves that i would you know look at what they're like what's your problem kind of a thing you know what i mean um yeah whereas all the other stuff 99 percent of the time that's on me so i've been asking more in conversations with people um even when like like firming up plans and stuff I've been saying things like, feel free to cancel at any time, tell me if anything changes. And then when I'm in a, in a meeting or, you know, that event has started, I'll be like, are you okay with this? You all right where we are? Do you want to take a step back or do you want to go faster with something? Or do you want to just cancel this all together? Just giving people that out and, you know, recognising that sometimes things, yes, it's not the right time for people and they can't do it, you know? Um and yeah. doing all that stuff it's dead easy and it just seems to make life much more simple oh yeah totally 100 percent. and it's uh, i i again i think we are the last generation um where i think it, be, it is going to be an issue um yeah. i honestly think because again we'll go back to uh jake daniels and um we asked lucas about it like what, what do you think and he just went is it there there's no gay footballers. Oh, okay. Um, well, there is, yeah. but, you know. Not out once, um, yeah. Went, what, what, how do you feel? And he went, whatever. I don't care. And this is why I know the future generations, I don't think are getting caught up now in what our generation, as much as it pays me to say, and our, like, the older generations have tried to dictate what's 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 normal or what's right. Um, I think the kids have all grown up with all the information at hand. They're looking at it and going, nah, mate, see all you lot, that's bullshit. Yep. I, I think, yeah, it's great. It's great that it's moving in that direction. So happy with that. So, yeah, no, it was a really good, a really good discussion, actually. Um, and I think representation is is getting better and it's less of an issue for, for the newer generation, which is fantastic. So, yeah, but if you're suffering with any issues, please do join our Discord. It's not just for Mental Health Talk, but it's also very good for Mental Health Talk, so feel free to do that. And enjoy us on all the socials. In the meantime, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Stay safe and stay sane.